And welcome to Story Guts. Uh, this is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. I'm Molly Curran, and I'm Alice Lai. And we're we're back with you after taking one week off. Um, so, do you want to talk about why why we took a week off? Yeah. So, I um, thanks for sticking with us. I was at PAX, uh, one of the PAXs, PAX West. That's right. Um, as part of a work trip, uh, representing my position at Supergiant Games, which I think I'm now allowed to officially say because I passed my six-month probationary period. Yay! Yeah, I have a job. Um, <laughs> um, and at during this very same time, I just started back at um, grad school where I'm teaching, taking a class, and working um, toward my qualifying exams. So... It was a bit of a busy week. Yeah, happens to all of us. <laughs> so, um, because because of this, uh, well, not because of PAX. I don't really know anything about PAX, but because of you know was because of being back to school um, and the whole back to school atmosphere. I've been thinking a lot about school um, mm-hmm. and thinking a lot about how grateful I am that I'm in grad school and not in like high school anymore. <laughs> oh God, yes, high school. Um, so Sucks. how how was your high school experience or like middle school high school? Uh I mean it was like pretty normal. I think I um I solved a murder, busted a smuggling ring, helped some people, um had like four dates, was part was president of drama club, newspaper club, um organized homecoming dance which you know was huge. There was so much drama. Um, someone got stabbed. <laughs> and I also um went to the Nationals and Glee club. And as well as a science fair competition, and also led a cheerleading exhibition where there, where it was discovered that we stole the routine from a rival high school, and we had to really come up with something in the two weeks before semifinals. Also, I found out that my three dads, um, my real dad, uh, my three dads, on a summer vacation, invited to my. Okay, I don't know that. I still don't know the plot of Mamma Mia. <laughs> um, nice, nice. And how many uh, affairs with teachers did you have? Um, three. I had them all fired. Good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, right. But, <laughs> yes, it was just very normal, um, very boring. I think I think the funniest, the, it's, like, other than, like, my myriad, like, resentments towards people no one remembers anymore from high school, I think my funniest story from high school is that um, we had a... A lit mag event, like a talent show kind of thing, we're hosting. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends was like, "Hey, I was thinking of like doing like this anti-humor Andy Kaufman esque um, skit where I go up and then here's the thing: I'm going to bomb really badly. We'll like get through like a joke and a half that are very bad, and I'm just going to start crying. Um, and then I'm going to start crying, just like sobbing and heaving. But then I'm going to start doing it like rhythmically." Like, I'll just, like, start, like, and then I'm going to pull out a pair of bongos, and while crying the entire time, start playing the bongos as an accompaniment to my rhythmic crying. Um, And I said, maybe not. Uh, But, and now is my greatest regret that I did not encourage (laughs) him to to do this. Wow, you had very 
interesting friends in high school. North Bend High School was a very big school. So I think, like, it was, like, 1,300 people per class. Um, so I think, like, the odd the oddballs kind of really could form a sizable, like, um, critical mass of I weirdness. I guess so. Um, wow. He's a doctor now. Um, wow. So Can you still <laughs> cry on demand while rhythmically... Hitting bongos. I hope so. I hope. I hope that's you know. Laughter is the best medicine. So when he's like, "I'm sorry, but it's terminal." I'm really. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> really gets him every time. Oh uh, his god. nurses hate him. Um, okay, what was your high school experience? Well, I can't really top that. Um, I, I have. I like to be honest. I feel like I barely remember high school. I don't think it was terrible, but I don't think it was especially good. I had a small group of close-knit friends. We were very boring. We did things like hang out and talk about fan fiction and watch (laughs) anime and do homework. Um, Yeah, but, but like high school's also the time when like a lot of like firsts happen, like first crush. That's, I mean, I guess that's mostly what I'm thinking about, like high school, home, like you know, high school dances, I suppose. Yeah, I didn't really do any of that stuff in oh. high school. I was a late okay. bloomer. Okay. Um, I mean, I had plenty of crushes before high school. And I guess I had my first serious crush in high school that was on a college boy. Um, mm-hmm. No good. No good. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't date. I didn't drink. I didn't party. I didn't, you know, slap anybody in the hallway. <laughs> I didn't, like... You didn't get a promposal? No promposal. I can't believe it. No burn book. No calling, you know, my friends, stupid whores. Like, it was just... <laughs> no pig's blood dumped on you and se- se- Latin psychic powers manifesting? No, it's pretty much just like, you know, I went and I went to school and I did pretty well. I hated calculus. And mm-hmm. uh, AP testing? I would go home again and hang out it, with my friends. AP it boggles? It boggles my mind that we spent so much of our lives at high school. Like, I'm just like, I can do it now. I feel like... I I could not do a 9 a.m. class. <laughs> and yet, I would. I was going in at, like, 7 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I talked to people who were, like, much more, you know, up and at them than me still. And they're like, in high school, I woke up at 5 in the morning every day. Right. Yeah, and like the, I'm like the... I woke up at six forty five, and I was like the lazy bone sleeping in. Like <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean the the go getters, they definitely shifted their schedule back because people who were in like water polo or band or whatever, they'd be like, yeah, I wake up at like four thirty and I go in and like we have practice for two hours and then classes start. And I'm like, yep, that's wild. Like I can't I can't believe this. Yeah, I mean. Especially when you're a teenager, you need so much sleep. I know. I, like, it feels very cruel, like, reading all the studies. And you're expected to be in this building and learn? And learn like, for an entire, like, eight hours? And you have those, like, lockers, and you have to carry all your books around, and everyone's like, oh, it'll stunt your growth. And you're like, well, yes, but I have, like, four classes before lunch, and they all have, like, this giant, you know, five-pound textbook. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I, high school is the worst. <laughs> I had a friend, I mean, it's also a, like, you're just so, I think, and this is obviously the topic of our uh, episode today, but, like, there's so much stuff about, like, what high school is supposed to be yeah. that people, like, pick up those cues, and, like, I I know someone who, like, 
gave a friend of mine like a bouquet of flowers and was like tr- like will you go to prom with me and you know they were like no <laughs> uh, like like just not not because well i mean i guess maybe because of the person asking um them out but also <laughs> kind of because of like oh this is a really awkward public situation and another person who was um asked out at like a gsa meeting very odd um in front of everyone so she felt pressured to say yes but had to like turn him down afterwards mm-hmm. like in private like there's a lot of like kind of messed up romantic uh norms i guess yeah i mean i had a friend who her first kiss was this guy she was kind of seeing kissing her in the hallway at high school like without any warning oh just like in front of everybody oh that sucks yeah um and I do think, and you know, like, I wasn't doing any of that stuff, but like, I felt so sad that I wasn't. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like I was really missing out on some super important life experience that, you know, I wasn't getting promposals and I wasn't, <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think promposals were really that much of a thing. Um, but you were, you were having these like very like these, intense like, romantic yeah, dances. Yeah, these like romantic, and... exciting, like my life was pretty dull. I had fun, Mm -hmm. like, me and my friends, like, joked and laughed and had a good time, but there wasn't any, like, deep excitement. There wasn't any sort of, like, you know, Blood Brothers-esque closeness, you know? We Uh weren't, (laughs) you know, we weren't going to, like, go to war and die for each other, uh, and nor were we going to sleep together. So it was just like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, friendship. Wah-wah. Right, you're like, this is, like, regular fun friendship. This is not, like, Bloomsbury group style, like, oops, we're all sleeping with each other friendship or, like... I mean, or the... just, like, any... Exactly, like, any depiction of high school. Um, right. Or, conversely, any sort of, like, fantasy novel where you get, like, you know, like in Harry Potter where they're, like, 16 years old and they're friends forever because they literally repeatedly well, almost die for each other. And right, one right, does yeah. actually die. Yes, they almost die. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite crazy that Ron becomes a ghost halfway through the fourth book. But... No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's funny because I think there are, I mean, there was a lot of drama that seemed like a big deal. Um, but it was just like so high school, right? It was like, oh, this person dated this person and now they're dating this other person and this person wanted to date this person. And like, it's just going, looking back on it, it's like, it's like telling someone about your dreams, except, like, even less interesting. You're like, <laughs> hey, look, it's like, f- I'm going to say five names, and I'm going to tell you that they wanted to have sex with each other, and you're going to pretend that this <laughs> is somehow interesting to you. Um, I mean, the only interesting thing, I mean, the, the funniest part, I get, I guess, about high school is, like, looking back and realizing, like, a lot of, like, the teenage heartthrobs, like, ended up being gay. Mm. Um, it was just, like, there was this one guy that i was like not not to lie like kind of low-key jealous of because he was like um kind of like average looking but he just had like this these line of suitors Mm -hmm. um anyways he's gay now i guess i'm trans whatever it (laughs) it evens out (laughs) the karmic wheel continues to turn i don't know if suitors works for women sutresses women suitors i don't know uh um okay yeah yeah, and then I think, like, okay, let's... I guess we'll start with Hogwarts, because... Okay. What, 
how is that not how is that not like the crushing like you read like for us where I'm 28 Molly you don't have to give your age I'm 28 um, <laughs> <laughs> um but like going growing up in elementary school and reading Harry Potter and I think like there was this like haha like wouldn't it be funny if I got a letter to Hogwarts um kind of thing mm-hmm. um and that like marking the the first time that you realized that magic wasn't real <laughs> When you turn 16 and you're like, well, I guess this is it. <laughs> my, my letter's just late, five years late. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think, I, I do think for me that was one of the most formative sort of school narratives um, because it it's this boarding school narrative and we can maybe talk about boarding school narratives more specifically later, but I think they add this um, – this extreme pressure, right? Because it's not Mm -hmm. just that you're with these people, but you live with them. You sleep in the same place as them. Like you're away from your parents, but it's not like in college where there's sort of a degree of freedom or a degree of adulthood. Like you're still Mm -hmm. a child. Um, And so there's this expectation that you're sort of forging these like incredibly strong bonds. You're going through incredibly harrowing experiences. um, And it's all like extra high pressure. Um, and so as a kid reading that and like seeing, like, it was just so clear from like the first book, like, oh, Harry has found his best friends for life. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was right about the age where I realized, you know, I had one of my best friends and I had sort of drifted apart and it was like me realizing like, oh, that's not what life is like. Like, you know, it's not going to be BFF, um. And what was I saying? Yeah. So um, we're doing like a rare, like early day podcast. And I feel like my brain is just not. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. So it's just like, I feel like I got all these expectations about the kinds of, you know, friendship and uh, trust and caring that was going Mm -hmm. to happen. And then eventually sort of like love and romance and all of that. Right. like, Like that's not how high school is for most people i would guess mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think um sorry now i'm just like thinking about animorphs oh god <laughs> but that was also a high school narrative i didn't read it you was. know i didn't read all of them but yeah i mean there there was i mean understandably you know as an author you have your cast of main characters but there was this expectation that like you'd find um you'd find your people and, like, they would, like, be your people for the rest of your life. Like, you would mm-hmm. be, like, buried next to them uh, <laughs> or whatever. Um, and, I, you know, and you know, I'm lucky in that, like, in some cases that was true. Like, I had a very small group of, like, very close-knit friends. Um, but it's also true that, like, we just eventually we, like, drifted apart. Like, we're not as close as we used to be. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, like... I don't know. I was going to say, like, it feels like it's easy to die for someone in high school just because you're just, like, everything's so intense and, like, you don't feel like <laughs> you actually um, have anything to live for. But, like, now you're just – now with, like, both maturity and also with perspective, you're just sort of like, man, is this really what you're going to die for, though? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um you know, I, I do think, like, looking back, this stuff was, I mean, even at the time, I felt like my high school experience was not very intense. But, like, the things that were 
you know, the little sparks of interest or drama felt so much bigger than they were. The fights that, you know, I had with my friends Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, when somebody... God, when somebody in my friend group had sex for the first time, OMG. Oh, like, my God. It was, like, unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was just my sort of sheltered. Well, <laughs> I would not say it's accurate to say I was sheltered as a child, but um, whatever. Uh, prudish? I, was, I don't I was, know. Yeah, I was, a bit pr- I was a bit of a prude. Um, still am, honestly. But uh, And a bit prudish and just a bit, uh, you know, like a late bloomer. So, like, mm-hmm. it... I just assumed that everyone around me was the same way, everyone who was in my group of friends, and that everyone mm-hmm. outside of my group of friends was like teenagers on Dawson's Creek, and <laughs> those were like the two options. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to realize that it's more complicated than that was confusing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, a lot of high school, it's just sort of, a lot of high school narratives kind of, they don't they don't take place in high school, I guess. Like, a lot of them are about like the hijinks you get up to other out, outside of class, and I didn't. And it was like always kind of weird to me. I was like, well, I guess like I should be like skateboarding in the park and like I don't know foiling evil plans, but like I'm doing homework. I'm worrying about tests. I'm like watching the AI aim. I'm setting my like AIM away message to some like crappy emo lyrics. Like, yeah. Um, or I'm watching uh, marathons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV. <laughs> that right, was which my also high takes was that that also takes place in high school. Which does take place in high school. Right. Um, so why so why does why does why do so many things take place in high school? Like obviously, um, I mean, is it is it because like it is the site of so many awakenings? Like um, your first like true friendships when you're like you're you develop your personality. Like your glimmerings of a personality, I guess. Um, you're like away from your parents eight hours a day at high school. Um, you got to drive. But then you drive. also are still under their, right? Under their sort of control. Yeah. So there's like this easy kind of like low stakes authority figure that you can bounce off of, like story wise, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like you're going to go to jail, right? You're like you're going to get grounded and then you're going to sneak out. Um, and yeah, I guess I mean I guess it's it's a it's a site of a lot of firsts. So I guess yeah. that's why uh, we have these allegories for like vampires and werewolves and magic and <laughs> turning into other animals for no longer than two hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that's right. I think also like it's because we're a culture that's obsessed with youth. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I was. You know, I think high school is also the youngest you can go while still you know having these very like sexual stories where young people are um leading very sexual lives you know often young people who in tv shows are portrayed by adults in their 20s to 30s yeah. um mm-hmm. and i think that's changing a little bit i'm noticing more teen properties having actual or at least people who look a little bit more like actual teens in them. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, for a long time, that really was the way of it. You have these grown adults playing, you know, beautiful, uh, but innocent or but sort of learning thing, you know, still learning things. Uh, yeah. Young people. I did. Yeah. I, I think the obsession with youth is definitely a huge part of it. It's just um, 
because that is also like high school, like quote unquote, your first sexual awakening, um, cultural obsession with youth. Okay, sorry, we're we're <laughs> both we're both waking up. Like, I thought you were gonna add to that, but no, I I have nothing. Um, um, yeah, and I think also that we've just been we're still sort of holding on to this um, older model of life, right? Where after high school is kind of when everything settles down. And that's not true anymore. I don't if it was mm-hmm. ever true, honestly, but it's not true. I don't think we expect that to be the case that like after high school, you, you know, get a job, get married, things settle down. And now you're a boring adult who doesn't, have right. anything Doesn't interesting have in your fun. life going on. And now you get to play the parental figure who, um, you know, scolds the children. Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, that, yeah, it is definitely the high school era, like, looking at the 80s and 90s. Um, part of it's, like, part part of it was, I think, college attendance wasn't as high as as it is now. But um, now, I mean, it's funny just thinking about, like, the late 90s and that that was when the, the term tweens came into be because they're like, oh, they're they're not quite teens yet. Like, we mm-hmm. need to – but, like, now we're at this point where um, you have this, like, perpetual um, – ha- like, you don't get settled down until your mid-30s. Like, mm-hmm. that's a full – almost a full 10 – over a full 10 years since, like, the end of high school. Like mm-hmm. – you're 28 and ready to mate. You're there's. I mean, the cultural property now is like extending. I don't know. I don't know if it is like extending the the intensity or drama of high school, or is it, or whether it's like creating this new like. Um, you're independent. You're not tied down. Um, you're just like you're you're able to do whatever. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you have a job, but it's not that important. Um, right. Or or I think with with high school stories, you can sort of. Make the stakes whatever you want them to be. Maybe the job is super important, or maybe it's not. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. the boyfriend is super important, or maybe it's not. Um, Like, and that's true of all storytelling, of course, but I think in high school, because you have these um, fixed, they're just sort of like the fixed tropes within the trope, right? Yeah. And you get to kind of adjust the levels on them. Um, and I think that's part of part of it too. Is just like because there have been so many successful properties about high school, about sort of teenagers at this part of life. Um, you know, we just keep getting more. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think you know, for a while it was the teen movie, and now I feel like the teen drama is like one of the most popular forms of television program. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think a lot of the the classic shows that we think about are at least started as high school dramas. Um, there's always the the difficult moment of when the show keeps going and they're old enough for college now. And you're like, what do we do? Uh, <laughs> it's always kind right. of an awkward transition to college. Um, or you can pull a Pretty Little Liars and just be like, hey, times get five years later. They're out of college now. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's really that's really bold of them. Yeah, actually um... it kind of was, but... Uh, no, I think I think that's I think college also brings up a pretty good um, point is that um, that I, I mean in a lot of these narratives college is an option um, so like that's another way to introduce like a plot point of like oh like who's going to college like they're leaving but it's also I guess um, 
it gives us that like that hit of like bittersweet denouement, like like mm-hmm. oh like you know now everyone's moving away and we'll never be as cool and fun again, um, and like you know I can't you know and you know Bradley can't move because he has to help his dad with a shop, um, <laughs> like it's um, it provides like a good like a easy I guess focus point um, for like. But none of this matters because we have college. Um, yeah. And and I think it it is the built-in – it's a built-in um, temporal structure, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, we see we see in something like Harry Potter where you sort of have the built-in uh, – the built-in structure of the novel because each one is based on a year in school, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know exactly what all the points are going to be of, like, they arrive at school. It's the mm-hmm. Christmas holidays. You know, some sort of dramatic event happens right before finals. <laughs> right, um, yeah. Like, you know you know the structure. And so with a high school drama, you know, okay, we're going to have homecoming episode. We're going to have a prom episode. Um, there's going to be stuff about graduation and going to college. Um, you'll have, you know, first, first high school party. Um, you'll have first time getting drunk. Like, it's just these, like, points that you mm-hmm. know you want to hit along the way um, because – they're just expected in a way. So you either have to reference them or if you sidestep them, then it feels a little odd. You need to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. That's a great, I like that. I like that idea a lot is that um, the high school format, um, it it comes with it like a bunch of cliches that like aren't cliches because they're, they're like quote unquote real life. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you're not like, oh, of course, like she's gonna fall in love with her coworker. You're, but like in a in a high school story, like you're in a way waiting for those moments to happen. You're like, I can't wait until I don't know, like what what's the winter winter prom like winter homecoming gonna be, um, and that these kind of I don't know they they give you it's like a very familiar story, I guess. Like you've you've seen the high school thing come out a hundred times, yeah. Yeah, I think so, I think that's that's right. Um and there's also something to be said for the didacticism, which I think um you know, we can we can sort of argue back and forth to what extent something like Gossip Girl is didactic, whether it's trying to teach teenagers how to be teenagers, um whether it's presenting certain kinds of choices as valid or invalid, but I think there is a degree to which um you know, these shows can can show teens like, hey, if you do this, you will get in trouble. Or like, if you do this, like, uh, you know, good things will happen or problems will arise. Cheating is bad. Um, <laughs> and, you know, pregnancy scares are bad. And uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, and in, in they're, they're, you know, they're varying degrees. So like Degrassi, for instance was very explicitly like, hey, we're going to teach you about these issues. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was actually fairly straightforward about that as well, though it used metaphor, um, mm-hmm. a lot of supernatural this is, this metaphor. Is, this is where a term like a very special episode comes from, doesn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think a very special episode is um, used in a lot of different kinds of TV programs because mm-hmm. they were popular in like family sitcoms too. Yeah, that's a good point. You get yeah. your like, mm-hmm. oh, Little Johnny's been found smoking the marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do think um, there's there's a degree to which we use these dramas. By we, I mean, I don't know, society uses these 
stories to teach teach young people what young people should or shouldn't be like or are like i also Mm -hmm. think it's a way for like people who are older to like think that they understand what high school students are like Mm -hmm. um you know i think about like the way that um you know some older young adult authors or something right will write write teenagers as like having a particular kind of like way they speak or you know trying to represent like the way that they communicate through text or whatever um and not necessarily doing it that well um (laughs) because it it is a really hard thing to um emulate but it's also a huge i guess we didn't talk about this it's also a huge market to tap into teenagers Mm. are a huge huge consumer market um with a lot of money and uh a lot of spending power and a lot of tendency to spend that money so whether it's yeah. you know watching shows becoming devoted to things getting interested in franchises whatever like mm-hmm. their their money and their their viewership is worth courting but it's what's interesting to me is also um like I feel like teen I mean it's it's I guess I guess you watch a lot of Buffy, so that was like a teen teen for teen, like teens watching stuff made for teens. Um I mean but, Buffy kind of I would say it, adults watched it as well. It was kind of a mix. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, because that was like when you mentioned like teen as teens as being a huge market, um I just sort of like think of like Avengers or Fortnite or whatever. Um, and those being like very, I don't know, like not, not very I don't know, explicitly about high school. Um, no, I think, I think you're right. I think there's a, a mix of things, but I do think like the, there's a reason why, you know, uh, ABC did know what it's called. ABC family, which I think is now called something else freeform, but it, it's like a lot of, programming pretty little liars was on there like Mm -hmm. that was a a channel that was definitely courting sort of the like 15 to 25 market um the the wb which was what buffy aired on and which is now the cw like again it's very much courting a that that sort of young adult market and i think like maybe Mm -hmm. not explicitly like a 14 year old um or even like a high school student watching Gossip Girl may may or may not be into it, but, like, I know as an 18-year-old freshman in college, like, that's when I got into Gossip Girl. Like, mm-hmm. being a little bit older made me enjoy these shows a lot for some reason. Hmm. Um, and then you've sort of got the con- the converse side, which is the, um, the, the sort of Disney market, right, which is trying to get, like, you know, whatever people under the age of 15 or so. Yeah. Um, and so then for them, you've got, like, High School Musical, Camp Rock. Um, you had a variety of TV shows that now I'm – I don't know what's currently airing, but, you know, it's like Wizards of Weekly Place and Hannah Montana, yeah. Lizzie McGuire, um, that are portraying this – Oh, that's true, yeah. Often middle school or high school experience, um, like, very family-oriented. Um, but I think they're trying to offer something that's, like, a little more – like a little more skewing toward the younger side of things. Um, mm-hmm. So it's less about the sex and the drama. I would say, in fact, it's not about the sex and the drama. <laughs> uh, and is uh, is more wholesome. Mm-hmm. Um, 
than that. Finding your place in the world and like cultivating good friendships and right, like for... growing up, like learning to rely on your family and yeah, exactly. Like how learning to how to survive correctly. school and how to do well. Um, yeah, like it's about instilling particular kinds of values, and often that's with older characters that younger people can relate to. So like. Mm-hmm. You know, in High School Musical, they're in high school, but probably most of the market for High School Musical was a little younger than that, mm-hmm. um, though I watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we, we recently watched um, High School Musical 3 when I visited Molly in Ann Arbor. Yes, um, yes, we did. So I'm, I'm, finally, I'm finally caught up on that part, particular piece of uh, Molly lore. Uh, I, before we, I guess I'm, I'm curious about where you think um, something like Riverdale fits or um, that new, like, detective woman thing um new it was like a te- thing. teen girl daria no okay forget that one but like the like what we we're seeing as like the the converse of it i guess it's like where it's like for adults about high school again i think River- riverdale is very much in the gossip girl tradition or the pretty little okay, liars tradition right. like i think it's for older teens and adults like maybe through the age of 30 um and maybe older as well you know i think it's Mm -hmm. fairly gendered i think women are a lot more likely to watch these shows um whatever though my dad watched all of the first season of riverdale and thought it was both horrible and amazing and couldn't look away (laughs) so um i don't know but I, i i think riverdale is an interesting case though because it's it's sort of the biggest success in that genre in a long time and it has a very particular, like, aesthetic that it's working with, where it's um, invoking this very, like, uh, older-fashioned idea of teenager life or high school life, right? The Archie mm-hmm. comics. It's invoking this very wholesome thing, um, but it's doing it in a way that is... Um, subverting it or inverting it using a lot of mm-hmm. um a lot of sex a lot of darkness you know drug use hints of incest like wow really all the all the sort of like things that you know you got in pretty little liars mm-hmm. um but with a more like pretty little Liars starts out like the entire concept is dark whereas archie you know archie's archie and so they're taking mm-hmm. a wholesome concept concept and making it dark Um, like this isn't your father's archie right jughead fucks now exactly um so but i i I don't know like i'm not exactly sure what what niche riverdale is tapping that like made it so successful other than the Mm -hmm. fact that it's really absurd i thought pretty little liars was better um (laughs) personally uh Mm -hmm. but you know like all these other things it has I guess it it has the advantage of having sort of all the things that you expect from the high school show. So you get your, you know, teen pregnancy and you get your love triangles and you get who's taking who to the dance. Um, You have the like student who has the affair with the teacher. You get all those things. But you also get to have um, these sort of like Twin Peaks-esque small town Twin Peaks was also a high school, um, set during high school, I think, and that is wild because... Yeah. I mean, and again, I do think Pretty Little Liars is a pretty close analog, but um, I think the the aesthetic of 
Riverdale is going for that that kind of Twin Peaks vibe of the almost, mm-hmm. you know, like Twin Peaks, right? It feels like they're almost coming out of like the the like 50s or something, right? Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though it's like the 90s. Um, and here it's that same thing where it feels like they're coming out of the past um, and like the the present is slapping them in the face with its darkness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm def- I mean, you're definitely right. Um, and Twin Peaks also, I mean, it's interesting to me in like the third season of Twin Peaks, how it's played up. Like one of them, one person like has a Skype call with someone else. And I'm just like, whoa, wait, <laughs> like this is an period appropriate to the 20s, 17s. Um, okay. So. Uh, what I'm finding out is that high school is is too big of a topic for me, and I've been destroyed by it. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. I, it's like I just feel like there's too many things to try to that uh, I'm trying to trying to see at the same time. Yeah. Um. So maybe maybe it's it's worth revisiting in a more closer scope in the future. But um, do we want to talk about uh, specific properties? And we we mentioned Harry Potter. I'm not sure if we need to say any more about it um, no i think i think just like i think it's a pretty formative one for our generation i think um even in in shows that are or books or whatever that are not taking that specific like boarding school magic school format um mm-hmm. i think you can find traces of it mhm yeah um definitely uh and i think like raven boys was interesting because it Right. takes place during high school, um, but it also, like, sidesteps almost everything. I guess all of the tropes we're talking about, like... Well, it takes place over a short, very short amount of time. And, yeah, like, school dances don't exactly come up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really... I have a lot of appreciation for this series, which they are turning into a TV show, by the way. Yes, um, I, so we'll I be interested. It'll be interesting to see what kind of TV show it is. But I liked The Raven Cycle because I thought that these teenagers felt more like teenagers, you still get this, like, willingness to die for each other and this, like, deep intensity of feeling. And, and you're like, you know, oh, everyone's in it. love with each other, um, like, pretty explicitly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think there's a lot more um, of the insecurity um, and not the sort of performative insecurity, but, like, the real insecurity, the real, mm-hmm. you know, kind of dickishness uh the, the real ways that teens hurt each other. And I'm not talking about, like, in Mean Girls, where they, um, you know, write in a burn book or whatever, but just, like, the little ways that they hurt each other and the little ways that they, um, you know, come back together. I, yeah. I appreciated mm-hmm. it. There was something very honest about it to me. Yeah, I think I think um, I will I will echo that statement, I guess. Like, Raven Boys was, like, one of the... Or the Raven Cycle, rather, Um was a, was like a young adult series that I felt captured how like kind of dumb teens can be <laughs> like like because like they would get into these huge fights over you know what looks like nothing mm-hmm. um and that was like very honest to I think like my you know vision of high school was that like it wasn't you didn't always do things because you had a good reason for doing it like you you sometimes just did it because you just felt compelled to and then you had to and you were like very defensive about the fallout um yeah i also think it it tell it dealt with class in a way that um i think a lot of a lot of shows and books and stuff try to do but there's always some like element of prettying it up or romanticizing or something um, 
you know, think of the Weasleys or think yes. of, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Gossip Girl, you've got Dan who, like, is poor because he lives in Brooklyn. Oh, for God forbid. Um, <laughs> and uh, or, or you have characters of such enormous wealth that, um, you know, middle then you just have middle class people as you're like. Poor oh, they're so, they're they're poor. Um, whereas in this series, you know, you have characters who are genuinely poor. Um, like both Blue and Adam are genuinely poor, mm-hmm. and their friends are genu- genuinely quite wealthy. Um, yeah, and like it causes a lot of prop, like it causes friction. It causes, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of hurt pride, but there's also a lot of condescension on the part of some of the wealthier people, like. Um. Right, yeah. I th- and I think this is something I liked about, yeah, like about the Raven boys. Yeah, like Adam is quite poor. And then like he's best friends with like these two people who are like one of them is like um, freaking, who was the president? Who was the guy who ran for president? Mitt Romney. Uh, Mitt Romney, yeah. Who, who's like basically like uh, like the black sheep of the Mitt Romney family. And this <laughs> other guy who was just like the scads of wealth for no, you know, exact reason i guess um but yeah and then it's like there's like oh like you know adam can't pay for tuition or boarding or something and then one of them was like oh yeah you know i can just like write you a check but like that's just unacceptable to to adam and like i don't know i mean i just felt like it was a very good look at like from both sides like why Mm -hmm. that's like it just wasn't cool um which wasn't not gansey the other one his boyfriend Ronan, yeah, how Ronan, like, felt hurt that Adam wouldn't accept his help, and how Adam felt hurt that, like, Ronan, like, felt like he needed it, I suppose. Right, right. Um, Even Um, though he did need it, (laughs) like, I think. I mean, even the fact that, like, in the first book, um, like, the whole gang meets Blue when she's working as a waitress. Oh, Um, that's right, yeah. And, like, unintentionally, Gansey is a huge asshole to her. Um, right yeah and like at first the only person among that group she likes is adam because they understand each other um Mm -hmm. they have like shared experiences that they can bond over and that like (laughs) you know they're able to sort of speak the same language in a sense yeah Um, definitely and you know and a lot of what adam's story is about is trying to learn to speak the language of wealth um and really really struggling with it and really feeling inferior that he can't do it that he feels he'll never be able to completely do it mm-hmm. um that's oh, a good it's a good series <laughs> it's a good series um, um were there any other properties you wanted to i mean i uh, have one i definitely want to talk about but is it american vandal it's american vandal okay we're gonna talk about american vandal american uh. vandal is to me the best portrayal of high school like mm-hmm. it just is. Um, I mean, okay, it's not it's not a drama. It's more of a comedy, though. There's some dramatic elements, um, uh-huh. but I just think it's the so American Vandal. I don't know if we've talked about it before on this. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if we'd have. It's a uh, a mockumentary in the and it sort of takes its style after um, serial, like the podcast serial or the Netflix show Making a Murder. Mm-hmm. So it's like a crime. Uh, a uh, mockumentary about a uh, a high school boy who has been accused of vandalizing um, the teachers' cars by spray painting dicks on all of them. Yes, and he has like been sixteen dicks. He has been 
uh, suspended from school and is facing criminal like charges for this. And yeah. it's about this like other high school student who is sort of a documentary maker who wants to make a documentary about this case and like get to the bottom of what really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it like first of all the cast is so good. They all look like high school students, <laughs> like in both the like best and worst ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they just do a wonderful job of having these just like types of people that you know. Like it's very much of this moment, like it's social media and all this stuff. But it's like people you know from high school. Mm-hmm. And not just their, like, sort of stereotype selves, but, like, you get complexity. You get complexity from the sort of dumb, uh, <laughs> your sort of dumb uh, kid who plays pranks on everybody all the time who's, like, the obvious suspect for mm-hmm. doing the dicks. Or you get, like, complexity from the uh, the kind of, like, perfect honor roll uh, class president girl. And, like... Mm-hmm. Um, or like the 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 person like doing it behind the camera, or the person like shooting it. Um, I thought I thought yeah. I mean, I I thought American Man was great just because I think they're all played up a little bit. Yeah. Um, like they're they're all turned up to like twelve. Right. Um, because it's funny as shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very funny. Like these. Oh my god, these these dumbasses. <laughs> um, and also I think I think part of it's also it's juxtaposed with like some of like the most um like, high-quality, like, crime visualization stuff that, like, money can buy. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, 3D renders of, like, a campground about, like, where you could or could not see someone jacking someone off on the pier, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is <laughs> just, like, so, so much. But, it, yeah, I mean, it's about, like, these, like, really dumb, like, right, like, about, like, who or who was or was not jacking off someone, like, at summer camp. Yeah, like, it's it's... It's about people who are young and they're careless and they are not very smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um and I don't like I don't know how to describe it. It's just I I really genuinely think it's a masterpiece. I think it's excellent. <laughs> like well okay, do do you feel like um let's okay, I'm curious. I'm trying to think about uh, American Vandal as through the lens of, like, sort of what we've been talking about, yeah. about, like, high school. Like, yeah. Um, so, like, college graduation is definitely, like, a like kind of a point. I mean, it's, like, they're they're all seniors, I think. Um, they're not all maybe. seniors, but um, some of them are. Some of them are seniors. Uh, and that's, like, kind of, um, kind of important. But uh, I don't know. I guess it really is mostly just about uh, – there are, like, horrible drunken parties yeah i mean i think you get sort of these elements but you get them told through this like unique lens of trying to investigate the crime so there's like a Mm -hmm. huge party and that's uh where a lot of stuff goes down and so Mm. um you you find out about all that but it's sort of in this like backward solving way trying to figure out who was where when and what that means for their guilt um Mm -hmm. Or, like, summer camp, right? They're trying to figure out who hooked up with who at summer camp because, you know, it makes somebody's alibi or it makes somebody's testimony questionable if they were lying about who they hooked up with. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, what I like about American Vandal is that because, like, the production values are, it's just sort of, the production values are kind of, like, way too high for what they're capable, but, it, like, it reveals the biases of, like, this, is it junior? Is he he's like a junior or a sophomore or something? Yeah, I think he's like maybe a sophomore. 
Yeah, or maybe a sophomore. Like he, like of him, like as he's like unraveling it, and mm-hmm. he like gets sidetracked on like proving stuff that he like doesn't need to prove, or like mm-hmm. on like these grudges against, um, uh, against like people or like high school drama. Like you, you definitely see a lot about like. I mean, it just like rings true in that like everyone's kind of behaves like idiots. Yeah. Um, and everybody like, everybody is aware of all these narratives about who people are. Uh-huh. And yeah. they're all falling into them and they're all getting stuck on them. I think that's like mm-hmm. like he talks a lot about the the narrator of the thing, the guy who's quote unquote making the documentary. Um, you know, talks a lot about sort of these stories that we we tell about people and the things that we assume about them. Um because of how they fit into particular kinds of um, of narratives of who people are in high school. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I think it is ultimately a critique of that, but it also shows sort of the impossibility of stepping outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the extent to which, you know, characters, the characters in this, like, derive meaning from um, mm-hmm. remaining within that, that script. Um, yeah. you know, like the Dylan, who's the, the main character who's being investigated, like to, to a great degree, like he, he derives meaning from being like the, the class clown, being the class, up. exactly being the class mm-hmm. clown. And then as he sort of starts realizing what people actually think of him, um, like it really challenges, challenges his own thoughts about himself and like his understanding of like his place in the world and mm-hmm. um yeah like it gets a little yeah, bit real like yeah it's kind of yeah it gets a little bit real um and it, yeah i mean it sucks like kind of seeing like this realization hitting him like later in the series because at the beginning you're just sort of like you're more inclined to laugh at him yeah um uh, because like you know he like like there's this extended riff on like whether he draws ball hairs on his dicks or not and like Whatever, like it's it's honestly the comedic pacing of this series is great. Um, there's a point where like you real like I think the the moment I realized it was like a stroke of genius was like um, episode four when we realized like he's been posting these on YouTube and now like episode four opens with like all these like period people on oh, YouTube yeah. like deciding who's what and then like the one sketchy like cool teacher <laughs> getting oh, fired. My God. Um, yes. And and that's like so so real. Um, not the getting fired part, but like that sketchy the ske- teacher who's the like teacher who's just like I want to be cool and I want to seem cool. And there's a character named uh, Alex Alex Tromboli. Tromboli, yeah, Alex Tromboli, who's just like oh, he's just you know him. He's he's somebody you know. Right? Like, yeah, he's yeah. He's easily, and he's just trying to be liked. He's trying so hard always... to be liked. Um, you hate like, him all the more for it, right? Yeah, like he's no, no, like con, like no conscience. Like he will backstab you for any bit of social standing, and like you're just like, ugh, get a life, Alex Trimboli. Um No, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm also just kind of thinking about, um, and I totally, I'm blanking on the on the quote unquote author's name, mm-hmm. but like he's like gets like kind of jealous of like his best friend like flirting with this other like, the camera woman or something, right, yeah. like, on, on camera, and, like, halfway through the series, they just, like, 
they stop talking to each other for like two episodes or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just like, um, I mean, I, th- I think it, it captures part of like that kind of tunnel vision that I think is is very authentically high school. Yeah. Like you you get like obsessed with like you know is this person dating this person like and you think that it's like so important. Um, and in the lens of American Vandal, it's um, you know he has a excuse that like oh it's for the investigation but like people kind of call him out on it like you didn't you didn't need to like put all of this online like you didn't need to do all of this right um you just wanted to know it also calls out the school system pretty well i think in terms of the behavior of teachers um the the assumptions that teachers are bringing to their students um the way that teachers get away with shit (laughs) Um, oh yeah, so definitely. So it, it does a nice job of it's not just high school that high school students are dumb. It's that, you know, they're in this environment where they're really not being uh treated well either. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so they, I mean, okay, and this is this Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no. No, I mean, I feel I feel like this is I'm mad that I'm I'm saying I'm coming to this realization like 55 minutes in. <laughs> but um like the the thing I think makes American Vandal stand out is that it uh, brings the adults in. I think in a lot of um, high school narratives, it's like about like the parents, about like the principal, about like that one cool classroom teacher. Um, and American Vandal, like even though it's like ultimately, it's like it's comedic. It's about like, but who who drew the dicks, mm-hmm. right? But it um, is very interested in like culpability, responsibility, like. And the way that these authority figures, these, like, teachers, um, principals, and, like, gym teachers, like, the effects they have on students' lives um, and the ways in which they're, uh, I guess, responsible, but, like, they're not, like, culpable. Um, So, like, they can kind of, like, fuck things up or be petty or, like, be biased. And, like, you know, no one's going to call them out on it. Like, if if they... play their cards right if like people like them enough um right like students face these teenagers face huge you know academic and social consequences for the things that happen the teachers don't really necessarily other than the one sketchy teacher (laughs) right yeah and the one sketchy teacher um whose mistake was like maybe not being nice enough to the principal and not like you know saying like how hot one of his students was right well, um, and, like, his mistake, like, he's, it's implied, you know, he's been doing this for ages. It's just he did it on camera this one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and that was, like, it's funny enough, like, kind of dark that that was the part that rang the most true about American Vandal. Because, like, I had that English teacher who was, like, oh, I'm, like, so cool. I'm going to bring my, like, guitar in. And, like, you know, you hear afterwards, like, he once he, like, tried to smoke weed with some students. He, like, was very weird towards, a, a like, a girl he taught. Apparently, he, like, hooked up with one of his students after she graduated, like, and she was, like, 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, fucked up. Um, this guy, not good. I hope he's, like, apparently everyone at, all the teachers hated him. Uh, for a good reason, I suppose. <laughs> um, because, yeah, he was a piece of work. But I think, um, I think if there's anything that makes, um, high, uh, sorry, American Vandal authentic, other than, like, the casting actual, like, teenager looking teenagers um it's like that the show goes into um how much power 
these authority figures have, like, and how, like, specifically weird this high school situation is of, like, mm-hmm. if you mention Dylan on campus, you're going to get detention or whatever. And you're like, that's absurd, right? Like, this is a weird, like, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's great. It's on Netflix if you haven't seen it yet. And it's, I don't know, eight episodes, ten episodes. It's amazing, though. Yeah, it's about ten episodes. I... Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it, it maybe it takes a little bit to get going, but yeah, you kind of gotta um, like commit to it unless you find the central premise like hilarious, like I do. <laughs> like basically having these like very serious narration over top of like pictures of people, you know, of like them test drawing dicks and stuff. Right. Yeah. Very if you good. if if you like um, like detective stories or crime visualization, obviously, and people will say compare it to making uh, serial a lot. And not making of a murder, but I guess making a murder was inspired by serial. But right. like, it's about like a lot of like testing alibis and like taking like security footage and like outlining things. And like, because it's about dicks, like like Molly said, like there's a point very early on where they're like, "Can you draw sixteen dicks in like I don't know fifteen minutes?" So they have like someone with a spray can and like a piece of plywood like attempt to do it or whatever. Um, so good. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, can't recommend it enough. Um, I just honestly, it's just like the point, and I think, I mean, sorry, another another point in its favor, I think, is when um, the documentarian has, like, what he's convinced is, like, perfect proof, and he's, like, trying to bring it up to a teacher, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, well, you see the ball hairs, and she's like, excuse me? <laughs> and, and you see in that moment, he realized, like, what he's saying is going to sound insane, like he's gonna be like, oh, the the stenographic quality of these penises are not similar to the one that this other troublemaker draws on your whiteboard every single day, um, for as long as you've taught him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I think I think it's it approaches a lot of high school stuff very cleverly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Um, okay, do you want to do quick quick wrapping up? What what what's your what have you been up to? Oh reading, yeah, playing. Um, so I've been busy like a dog. Um, so I visited Molly um, about like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, about, um, and it was great. Uh, I re- I met um, Carla Monier while I was there. Um, she's really cool. She's like this amazing trans comic artist. Um, she's been nominated for a prize uh, for a comic. Uh, Laura Croft was my mother. Um, and there's this comic called I Want to Be Evil that she's working on. I think you can find a snippet of it online that I'm just kind of heads over heels for. Um, I definitely have, like, this, like, artist crush. Like, you're doing, your work is so amazing, whatever. Um, other than that, I've been playing Dead Cells on my Switch. It's a roguelike platformer, very fluid movement, blah, blah, blah. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. Very difficult. Um, and I had rec- I have recommended to me Big Little Lies, Apparently oh, has like the have you seen it the the show yeah have you seen it yeah oh okay yeah I, someone recommended it to me and says it has like one of like it just like made them like completely reconsider their worldview um, that's interesting but it's I really liked it it was good okay I might watch it at some point but I'm also reading through Providence by Anne Leckie right now and I'm enjoying it um, about like someone who hires someone else to like do this fake con like basically it's like a con yeah scheme that like spirals out of control um and i mean i'm also enjoying it uh molly how about you 
Well, I've been doing a lot because, again, prelims. But um, let me think. Uh, I weirdly, I can't think of anything I've read, which I don't know what that means. It may just be I've been reading too much. It's all kind of jumbled in my head. Um, mm-hmm. Or it's just all been criticism, maybe. Cruel Optimism. Yeah, yeah. I read Cruel Optimism and I read uh, The Female Complaint, both by Lauren Berlant. The Female Complaint was very good, but um, they're books of criticism. Um, mm-hmm. I have been um, watching... I started watching The Borgias uh, with my housemates. Um I've seen most of it, so but we're doing a rewatch for me, and they're watching for the first time, and it's just so fucking absurd. It's like unbelievable how absurd it is. Um, and then one of my housemates left for the weekend because she was going to a wedding, so me and Becky started watching Game of Thrones from the beginning, uh, which <laughs> has also been fun, um, and is also ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's so much stuff that I'm just like... Game of Thrones, why did you do this? It's just <laughs> not good storytelling. But um so that's been that's been cool. And then otherwise, um I feel like I never talk about what I'm listening to, but I've been really obsessively listening to Florence and the Machines new album. Um oh, I'll check High that is out. Hope, which I really love and I love I think it was the first single off of it, um, Hunger. It's so good. I can't stop listening oh, to it. Oh, Hunger is good. Um so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That seems cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think I would like to return to high school at some point. Um, not high school, <laughs> the physical high school. God no. Um, but I think I think we I think the topic deserves maybe. Um, yeah, I think I think we could. We could we, definitely do that. Yeah, we just we just bit off more than we could chew maybe <laughs> uh, for this episode. Um, but in conclusion, American Vandal's great. <laughs> um, Draw the di- who drew the dicks? Hashtag um, who drew the dicks? I mean, they're it's doing funny a second just, season. Yeah, I hear that they're doing a second season. I'm not. I don't know how to how to feel. I I hear that he's like the conceit is like he's transferred to a new school district. Oh, um, I don't know. I just saw that it's like hashtag who is the turd burglar? Oh yeah, I don't know. You're just you're you're just trying to trying know, to like, recapture. I don't, can, I don't know if you can make that magic again. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a shot, though. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, and yeah, I guess that's it. That's it. You know, <laughs> as usual, feel free to email us at storygetscast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter or tweet at us at storygetscast. Um, my personal Twitter is at the Molly Jean. That's the Molly, M O L L Y J E A N N E. And I'm Alunculus, A L O N K O U. U-L-O-U-S. Um, so next, the the next episode after this, unfortunately, might also be a bit delayed because I will be, like, this coming week is nothing, ne- all of next week I'm in London, um, so we might not have time to record. Um, but... Alice just we, needs to stop we'll, doing so much traveling. Yeah, like, this is awful. Like, you travel to, like, three different places over the course of, like, three weeks. Yeah, it's awful. I hate it. Um, but we'll, we'll keep you all in the loop. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Um, well, let's go because there's a spider on my wall that I need to kill. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just been staring at it. Um, all right. All right. So, all right. What do we say? Yeah. I say thanks for listening and stay hungry. <laughs> all right. Wow.